is proud to be sponsored by Is This Tomorrow. That's Is This Tomorrow, available at isthistomorrow.com. Is This Tomorrow is a weekly web comic cataloging the absurdities taking place at the Azoro News Channel. Characters such as George Kleenex, weatherman Benjamin Dover, man on the scene J.B. Horns, political commentator Taffy Tart, radio personality Travis Slaughter, conspiracy theory expert J. Elwood Compton III, paranormalist Murph Davies, Senator Stroller, political apologist Dr. Iggy, Christian ventriloquist Fred Gastro, and his puppet Woody, and the strangely familiar Stocky Bear, in his smelly, itchy costume, will entertain the ever-living shit out of you so that you are doubled up with laughter collapsed beneath your desk paralyzed unable to move you'll be slain comically but you'll recover that's is this tomorrow at isthistomorrow.com Hey, this is Barry Stock. And this is Rob Elba. Of That Record Got Me High, and we are here for a special message. If you have a business or a company... Multinational corporation. Or a website, uh, hey, and and you enjoy listening to our show, maybe other people would be into it. That's right. Become a sponsor. We are looking for sponsors for our show so that we can retire and go live on yachts off the coast of Florida. There you go. But it actually is very reasonable to become a sponsor. Also, of just go to pay the rent. Yeah, that would be good. Too. Uh, very reasonable. Um, you could hit us up at uh, trgmh33 at gmail.com, or you could message us on Facebook and uh, inquire. We're That's actually very reasonable. It is. And we have listeners. You know, podcast listeners, they're a special bunch. They're people that don't go outside much. They hang out that's on their right. computers, and they and they buy shit on their computers because they're allow afraid you, to go outside. We allow you to not interact with society. <laughs> when you're listening to our podcast. We're all about that. You do not have to do anything else. We're all about that. So, uh, yeah. If, uh, if Shut in. Or if if you know someone else that might be uh, <laughs> that might want to be a sponsor of Invalids, that record got ice. shut-ins as I'm getting in touch with the incarcerated once again Robin Barry we'll see you that record got me high thank you very much social security checks just right just sign over your social security check Rob Elba are terrible at AOL <laughs> All right. Yeah, man. <laughs> Here we are. We're back. Another episode of That Record Got Me High. That Record Got Me High. That's Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. Welcome, everyone, to another... You know, I was thinking earlier, Barry, when you, when you actually went to take a little break. What a little we, break. <laughs> Barry does his little thing uh, right before we start. He has yeah. something business he has to take care of. Yeah. I was thinking... If we weren't doing this now, what would what would we what st- idiot st- stupid things would we be doing with all this extra time we'd have on our hands that we don't have now? <laughs> what would we be doing? Watch TV. Yeah, Probably. right. Watch nothing, TV, nothing, nothing constructive. Good. Yeah, nothing. You good. know, you would, you know, we would just be at home and be um, annoying, annoying our wives, wives, or uh, or they'd be, you know. Your, your they'd be finding they'd be finding things for us to do. Your that, cats would be more annoyed at you than they are. No, already. the cats are not annoyed. <laughs> no, they're uh, not. They no. see you all day, though, don't they? They see you a lot during. The they day. do, but I, they're they're more attuned to the movements of uh, Susan because she's more liable to pay attention to them. I'm, oh. more, I'm more liable to shoo them away. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Even so though they, I am the food source, so I'm the uh, feeder of the cats. But uh, but that's like they figured. Well, he. he he has to feed us, so you're just yeah. They already have your 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 game down. They do, them. yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're smart boys. They're smart cats. They're uh, 
they've got the game figured out. They know who really is. Uh, but the, I got to tell you, the meowing at the door at four in the morning. Oh, yeah, that's that right. goes, in, yeah, and scratching at the door. That's that. Uh, boy, this is an exciting episode. So, we got going here. So, no, it's I'll be uphill from here. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So Sunday, we saw each other. Sunday, they had a little gathering at the art gallery. And Barry, I will say, Barry was introduced as the co-host of the podcast, and you got a nice little round of sure, applause. Sure. So you're starting to get noticed around town. I, I are, think are you people start are paying having, attention. Um, a security detail around you yeah. when you're thinking of that? Yeah, Maybe, not uh, until someone pushes me <laughs> off the stage and I get a... I know. think I'm going to just start wearing sunglasses everywhere. Oh, okay. Just and then people will say, he must have gone to the eye doctor today. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that... All right, so... And a uh, leather jacket. Sunglasses we, and a leather jacket. <laughs> before we get into hey, the Hey, yeah, and you push it and do the hand thing. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, don't, not too close, yeah, not too yeah, close. Right. Yes, yes, Mr. I am. Mr. Elba is not available yeah, at the moment. It is Rob from That Record Gummy Eye Podcast, but he's very busy. <laughs> so, uh. All right, so before we get started in the podcast proper, I want to do the shout-out to our newest patrons. Uh, Jay Reeve is our brand-new patron. Thank you Jay so Reeve. much, Jay. And also, in case... If they didn't hear it last week, because we did it like in the middle of the show, I think, but uh, Kathy Macri... Uh, uh, Timothy Moffat, James Romeo, and a special shout out to our first $7 patron, which is Gus Rylander. Thank you, Gus, very and much. And I just sent you out some and stuff And John Mahoney today. is, uh, John Mahoney's one of our... John, uh, yes, he is, and he's going to be a guest pretty soon. We're he gonna is, we're going to do a killing joke, joke. Awesome. that's right. So so don't forget, you, you could become a patron yourself and get shouted out from, from the... Uh, uh, becoming much more popular, Barry and Rob, uh, by going to <laughs> patreon.com forward slash trgmh. All right, so we're doing it. And also, I just wanted to mention one thing, too, yes. before we get started. If you do enjoy the podcast, um, and I think a lot of you do who listen to it, please do, when you're done listening to the episode, please share it on your social media because you guys are, that are listening to it have a, a, a reach that extends far beyond our piddly uh, um, um, internet presence. Yeah, and you probably have real friends. Real friends that love you and adore you, and we're, you know, obviously based on the fact that we're doing this. Want to know? (laughs) (laughs) You can just, I'll let you fill in the blanks there. Yeah, but people that want to know what you're up to and what you're listening to. That's right. let them know. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Spread the the love. Uh, All right, so tonight we're doing uh, one of our Just Me and Barry, and uh, this is a record that I picked this time, and we are doing The Fine Art of Surfacing by the band The Boomtown Rats. That's right. And this was a big... This record came out in 1979. Yep. Uh, and this record blew me away when it came out. I just... And uh, and I, I was so glad because, you know, Barry, uh, we, we talk about this sometimes. Sometimes you have records that were really important to us, we listen to, but you you wonder if we still love it so much because we... Uh, right. Just because of nostalgia or right. if it really is great. But I was very happy to hear when you yeah. listened to it, you said... It's a good oh, record. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's, it's a good really record. good record. Yeah. Now, do, is it a great record? It's... It's a it's a really good record, but I don't think it's necessarily a classic. Really? Yeah, I think there's some really good songs on it, but I think it's um. Okay, well, that's no, no. fair enough. Okay, that's, yeah, 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 that's sure. fair enough. How many classic records can? Right. I also, frankly, there's other records we've done that I picked that I feel the same way about. Now, having listened to them a lot, um, you know, I right. think that oh, okay, it's a really good record, but it's not. Perhaps in the pantheon. Well, we hold the standards like we've done uh, hunky dory and records like that. Yeah, right. So sometimes so you got to you got to just sort of go by degrees. Yeah, so, okay. exactly. What are you gonna do? Um, all right, but the Boomtown Rats, uh, Irish rock band that existed between basically 1975 and 1986. Right. And then they actually reformed it though in 2013, and uh, technically they're they're still I believe uh, together. So, yeah. yeah, since yeah. 2013. Uh, most of the six members originate, and I just, I'm going to say this just because I love the sound of these towns in Ireland. Most of the members uh, originate from Dun Good Log luck. Hair, mm. uh, Ireland, with uh, Pete Briquette originally from uh, uh, Bally James Duff. <laughs> <laughs> Bally James right. Duff, uh, County Cabal, like Ireland. Fake places, yeah. but they uh, actually and, exist. And this is another interesting fact their, their song, uh, Rat Trap, which is from the record before this one, uh, A Tonic for the Troops, that became the first rock song by an Irish band to reach number one in the UK. 
Really? Yes. Number, the first. <laughs> For an Irish rock, yeah, the rock song by an Irish rock okay. band to reach number one in the UK. So look at that. That's, that is surprising. Right? Yeah, um, I agree. All right, so uh, I guess they, they sort of fell in, because of the time they came out, they fell in with uh, punk bands, but right. I, I definitely... No. No. You li- you know what? I, listening to this record, they have more in common with, say, uh, Springsteen, like Bruce Springsteen. A lot. Than they I got do another one for you. They, with The Clash. Or Thin Lizzy. Oh, oh, there's a Lizzie. huge oh, yeah, Lizzie yeah, thing going on yeah. there, which I only noticed. Uh, the Springsteen thing, actually, my sick of bed wife was the one that said, "This sounds like Springsteen." I was like, "Oh yeah, you're right, totally." And then uh, this afternoon, I was just, I was like, "There's that's Thin Lizzy." And then I went and listened to some Thin Lizzy when I was driving out here. I was like, "Yeah, okay." So these guys are much more of a. There's a punk. There's a new wave. Oh yeah, edge yeah. There were new wave, and especially the, the way they the way they made the, the way they dressed. They they yeah. wore definitely the the bright clothes. The the piano player Johnny Fingers always wore Johnny Fingers uh, uh, pajamas. He wore like striped pajamas. <laughs> right. Always uh, prepared for any eventuality. That, yeah, that was his time thing. To, time to time for a nap. Like the Hugh Hefner of uh, new wave. <laughs> yeah, bands. I'm sure that. Those pajamas came off pretty easily, okay. depending on the circumstances. But but uh, so sadly, what happened with the band? I think because the band was actually I didn't realize how uh, popular they were, and they had a, a lot of hit singles. Oh, and they yeah, were actually they uh, yeah, yeah, they sure. had a lot of uh, a lot of singles, but they uh, they were overshadowed by uh, Bob Geldof who got involved <laughs> yeah. with African Relief, Band Aid, and Live Aid. Yes, and, he did. Uh, you know what I'm calling this, Barry? I'm calling this the. Uh, a Bono effect. It is, yeah. It's sure. the Bono effect when when uh, the the singer's public persona overshadows yeah. the band that yeah. he's in. I think it happened with Sting and the Police. I think the reason we don't pay as much if Sting had not gone on to be such a um, a such a visibly public um, asshole. Then <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I use that. I use that in a loving way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of. In, really. in Jaguar commercials, that's really that was the breaking point for me. Right. With Sting, was the go back and just YouTube Sting Jaguar commercial and watch yourself be appalled in real time. Um, and then Bono and U2, and I think with I think even more with Geldof and this because what he did with Live Aid was really amazing. It, it is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it became a. a Phenomenon, like a worldwide yes, phenomenon, yep. and it became bigger than. And it was him in uh, mid year actually yep, started it. They did the whole and that that band aid. That first single they did was like one of the biggest selling singles ever. Yes, that they did, yep. and it just started. Yeah, this whole thing, but it's kind of it, it's kind of impossible to just be a guy in a band. Yeah, after not you anymore. Do stuff like no. that, you know, you become a you become a public figure of 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 a different sort, and. Uh, I, I think that's, and I think it just basically the waves from him, you know, the big just covered up Boomtown Rats. Except for the, there is one song on this record that I I think everybody who is going to listen to this will remember. Oh yeah, and for sure. because the subject matter and because it's a great song, right? Exactly. I, I don't like Mondays, yeah, of course, which is on here, and um, it's. It was actually recorded separately from the album. It was recorded before, I believe. Right. And it was added to the album because, you know, they had an album sort of material. But it does just sort and of he, appears. And, and did you read, he originally thought it was going to be a, a B-side. He just thought, oh, oh yeah. it'll be yeah, a B-side. Yeah, and nobody then, wants to hear that. And then some of the label said, no, that's going to be a single. And he said, you're crazy really? if you think oh, this is yeah, going to be no a way. single. And yeah. it, was, it was a hit. It was hit everywhere except the except U.S. Except the U.S. Oddly hmm. enough, I'm making a song about a mass shooting. Not a hit in the U.S. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get into it and we'll figure out. We, me and Barry, don't worry. We're going to work it We're going to work it out. Um, all right, so the thing about this record, a secret we- there were two se- secret weapons, I think, to this band, especially to this record. I think you will agree with me, Barry. Mm-hmm. Secret weapon number one, the piano play, the yeah, aforementioned fantastic. Johnny Fingers. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's fantastic, and a lot of just straight-up piano in this, too. Exactly. There is organ and stuff like Synth that, but just straight-up sure. great yeah. piano playing yeah. in this that's different than other bands of the time. It's not uh, a right. boogie-woogie piano or stuff no. like that. More akin to... Roy Bittan from Bruce, Bruce Springsteen's band. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's majestic. Majestic, domestic, sweeping, exactly. yes, piano playing. Sure. And, yep. and did you read about Johnny Fingers? He currently, he lives in a Tokyo, Japan now, where he's a producer. He's like some kind of big wig him. music producer in Tokyo, and he's uh, he's part of the... Uh, 
Fuji Rock Festival, which is the largest music festival in Japan. I'm sure that that's a good thing to be. Yeah. I'm just going to say, <laughs> when you says when, when Johnny Fingers says, M- bring more sushi. Yeah. <laughs> they bring it. They bring it. And, so, they're, and they're not like, oh, you, uh, we need to, you need to settle up with your bill. Right. So, <laughs> sadly, he's not part of the reformed uh, Buntan Rats, but not uh, for any animosity with the yeah. band. It's just that he's, he's making too much more, bank. He's more, he's more successful. So, he'll yeah. play with them, like, when they come, like, when he's in England or when they come to Japan, he'll play with them, but right. he's got other fish to fry than yep. playing with them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, I got to, listen, I got to split. Yeah. <laughs> I got this, uh, this music hey, festival. Hey, been nice seeing you guys. Bob, things are going great for you. I hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, so I got, a, I got a fly. No, literally, my plane's here. <laughs> okay, and secret weapon number two are all the vocals of yeah. Yes. Background vocals. Background vocals uh, on this. Are... There's, uh, yeah, there's great. Ba- and it's a lot of it by the drummer Simon Crow, who has this that's this high pitched voice. Wind chill factor minus zero. <sighs> it's got some. Just I go. How do they do that? Yeah. And I kept listening and thinking. Is there a synthesizer in there? But there's not. It's just it's just vocals. It's vocals, and they're a great counterpoint to Bob Geldof, who's not technically not a singer, not a uh, not a uh, not a great technical no, singer. Uh-huh, but no. he's a, he's a great. First of all, he writes really great lyrics. He I, does. I really yep, like the lyrics on this record. Yep. Uh, some of them are a little real over the top. Very. Sure. There's a lot of lyrics on the record. Yes, there <laughs> like are. The songs it's, can be very wordy, yeah. but uh, but just really good, though. And uh, he's, he was a great uh, front man, uh, charismatic, a very charismatic front Yeah, man. and it's... it's um, And he's got that Irish brogue to a lot of uh, what he sings. He's got he that does. Of, and he's um, he writes scenarios, but he's not, except for I Don't Like Mondays, the scenarios are about fictional characters that he's he I believe he's writing fiction stories and oh, right, populating right. them with characters whereas with you know with like Howard DeVoto magazine you go yeah okay yeah Howard we know it's somebody yeah, yeah. that you blew you off <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. Well, the, <laughs> right a lot of people that we do uh, yeah we think this yeah, is probably yeah. direct uh, directly related to their lives I think with Geldof he's more of a fiction writer fiction and he's probably he seems very well read he's got he's a lot of definitely uh, well read big words reference yeah 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 different and, and literary, uh, literary and, references yeah. Uh, around but yeah very uh, so why very didn't so why didn't this carry forward into the pantheon? Right, this record. Yeah. I think you know. And I, I have, my theory is, it's um, like this. Uh, uh, there's great songs on here, and there's great production. It's the sound is a little too derivative, obviously derivative of other things, for it to be. It's not quite distinctive enough because you can go okay. I, I, I should add in also. Elvis Costello and the Attractions as a huge influence on the sound of this. The organ, yeah, the organ, and the, and right? The yeah, definitely. I was and some that of the, the there's um right. and so you got Elvis Costello, Bruce Springsteen, Phil Lynott, and uh, what was the other one we mentioned? Um, uh, oh, I think the Rolling Stones too. There's some Stones influence. All these are um, well, yeah, because it's 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 a big band. It's a uh, two guitars, yeah, bass, exactly. drum, and this piano keyboard player. Yeah, and then there's some sax, uh, saxophone exactly. in there too. And it is. It's just like the Bowie, big band sound. Bowie, there's Bowie in there. So maybe yeah, maybe at the end of the day, it's not very distinct. Aside from his voice, it's, it's not, not very distinctive. But there, but it's still great it, songs. It is great. Yes. Played really great. I agree. Great playing. Yeah. Great instrumentation. But maybe not. The, so distinctive, like something like Elvis Costello, where you hear and you know immediately, oh, okay, oh that's, that's Elvis, Elvis Costello. Costello. Right. right. Yeah. And so I think that he, um, I just think that was a function of who they were. And I don't think it was anything where they were, you know, any more actually derivative than anybody else. But for some people, there it gels into a, a sound that is purely distinctive, where you go, that is, oh my God, Selvis Costello and the Attractions. Or you, the Boomtown, this might come on and you go, wow, who is that? You know? Right. And if he starts singing, you go, oh, that's okay, that's that's Bob Geldof. Right, right. But it didn't, um, I think that's what keeps it out of that particular um, thing is that there's a, um, that it just that. It's not, it's, right, it, right. it doesn't quite gel up to this being distinctive from the sum of the parts like if you had a bunch of you know different colored candles and you melted the wax 
it's not, you can still sort of see the different colors together instead yeah, of it being yeah. this particular color that's like, oh, that's fucking mop the hoople, dude. Right. right you know? Right. Yeah, this, he, I guess there's something, at the end of the day, he, I mean, it, it's great, but he's no... Uh, a Mick Jagger or something like that. You know, he didn't have that. Exactly. To That's to, exactly right. Right. I mean, that, yeah. it's, it's kind of it's kind of mean to say it. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's that's just. I, I don't. I'm not sure he would dispute that. Right. That probably not. Probably. Not. They um. Uh, you know. They but they had one incredible single that you know was uh one of the creepiest songs. It, even though it's really beautiful, it's oh, one of the creepiest. Right. It's yeah, true. It's true. true. Uh, although there's some other creepy songs on this record. Yes, there too, are. Right? Oh yeah, there is. The second song <laughs> is right up there. Yes. All right. Well, let's get into the record now. This record, and I will say, like I said again, uh, 1979, it came out. 63, yeah. 70, yeah. 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 So I was 16. It's 40 years. Yeah, ago. I was 16 years old. I bought this record. Yep. The the cover is kind of a kind of a interesting uh, a painting. It's it's like a painting of someone swimming, and it's called the Fine Art of Servicing. It's and, not and not. I like the color of uh, the, the cover of uh, Nirvana of uh, um, what's the uh, oh yeah uh, never mind yeah never with a little, mind. except the it's an it's a dude. adult so yeah it's, it's an adult dude sw- swimming yeah. and it's a painting yeah uh, but it's just kind of uh, yeah it's kind of, and, and I remember it I implies it. that the individual is drowning I believe is the yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right. fine art of surfing means oh <clears throat> right. that's an important thing to remember when you jump in the deep water <laughs> exactly exactly and he yeah. he also. He went on a promotional tour by himself before they did this right. record of America. Of America, right? Right, and which is weird. You go, <laughs> it's true. yeah. He was a weird dude. He definitely had. He definitely had his ideas about how things did. should be done yeah. and everything. But when he came back, these were there was a lot of impressions of America on this that make up this record. Oh that yeah, was, yeah, definitely for yeah. sure. And some of it, a little of it, definitely a tongue in cheek, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. mocking, but but not like not like overly meanly mocking, uh, but but slightly, definitely. Yeah, it's yeah, in. Sure. It's there. We deserved it. Uh, oh, we always deserve it. Um, well, just think of what was on the radio in America in 19... If you just turned on the radio in 1979, most of what you hear, you would have been like, oh my God, here. You'd be like, this is, this, you know. Right. It, it would be things that you mock today. Exactly. <laughs> we openly mock, yeah. Yes. That's what we're all about. All right, so the first song, it starts out, someone's looking at you. It's got this... Acoustic, this strummed acoustic, yeah, right. really pretty, yeah. and then the organ, organ yeah. comes in, the yeah. swell, and on a night like this, I deserve to get kissed at least once or twice. You come over to my place, screaming blue murder, needing some place to hide. So this is a uh, a paranoid's it is manifesto. This song, yeah, a right? little bit, yep. And this song is uh, also about paranoia, about surveillance and people listening. Um, and he's also is a little 1984. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I've got a friend over there in the, in the government, government block, block and, and he, he knows, knows the situation, situation, and he's taking stock. I think he'll call him up now, put him on the spot tonight, because um, they saw me there in the square when I was shooting my mouth off about saving some fish. Now that could that be construed? I think a fish is uh, might be a reference to not a fish, but of some. Well, this actually wasn't the fish because he he said he wrote this. This refers to uh, an actual participation in a Greenpeace anti-whaling rally. So <laughs> well, they, okay. he was literally talking yeah. about saving some fish. <laughs> now could that be construed as some radicals' view or some liberal liberals' wish? And it's so hot outside, and the air is so sweet, and the pressure drop is heavy. I don't want to hear you speak. He's um he's nervous. He's being he's nervous about being watched. Right, right. And he's never. And then the thing is, the fact is, this song takes place in the heat of the summer, yes. and it sort of escalates everything because he yes. says most killing is committed at 90, 90 degrees, degrees right. when it's too hard. And to... he's obviously in America because it never gets to 90 degrees. Right, right, yeah, exactly. So, when yeah. it's too hard, hot to breathe, and it's too hot to think. Yeah, <laughs> there's always someone looking at you. Um, t- tonight they're looking at you tonight. Um, Woo, and then it's got this this real pretty musical uh, uh, middle part, which a lot of their songs have. This they have yeah. these little little stretched interlude. out inter- yeah. yes musical interludes, yeah. which are, which are great. Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, it's great fun to listen to this album. And I wish you'd stop whispering. Don't flatter yourself. Nobody's, Nobody's listening. listening. <laughs> Still, it makes me nervous. Those things you say, you may as well shout it from the roof, um, scream it from your lungs, spit it from your mouth. Hey, if it falls on deaf ears. To indulge all your fears, 
There's a spy in the sky. There's a noise on the wire. Remember, they, whenever on a spy movie, there's a you know you pick up the yeah, phone, yeah, you can hear that, yeah, hear a the sound. The there's a tap on the line, and for every paranoid desire, desire, there's always someone looking at you. So it's a great album opener. It is great album opener, and it goes right into Diamond Smiles, which is fantastic. This is a fantastic song, and it's like a a little a vignette, a movie about like this tragic tale yep. of this girl. And I picture New York. I, I, for this, yeah, yeah, it's New York, be right. Yeah. Well, although he does mention, all right, so he mentions in there. It starts out, traffic's wild tonight. Diamond smiles her cocktail smile tonight. She's in heavy disguise. She looks at her wrist to watch the passing time. All right, so the, it paints like this. It's this tragic picture of this female debutante that, on outwardly, seems to have it all. Right, got everything going on. Yeah. All right, and now he says everybody tries. It's uh, Dale <laughs> Carnegie gone wild. Does everybody who doesn't know who Dale? Dale Carnegie, of course, was how to win friends and influence people. Yes. Was, that, was that Dale Carnegie? He was, and he had, yeah, he had, he had great. Uh, he was a self-help guru, and he had quotes like, "Success is getting what you want. Happiness is wanting what you get." <laughs> and remember, thanks, t- Dale. And this is another uh, Dale Carnegie. Remember, today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. <laughs> God, he, and he, 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 when that came to him, he was like. My God, that's gold. I'm a, I'm a genius. This is gold. All right, so and it says, was. As a matter of fact, for yeah, him. Yeah, 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 it was. All right, it's Dale Carnegie gone wild, but uh, Barbara Cartland's child long ago oh, yeah. perfected the motionless guide. Now, Barbara Cartland was a uh, Dame Barbara Cartland was a British romance novelist exactly whose daughter became a debutante of the year uh-huh. so he mentioned oh, so that could be London. So this could be London too maybe it's not it could be it could be they said yeah the chorus is they said she did it with grace they said she did it with style they said she did it all before she died oh I remember Diamond Smile that's right nobody saw her go they said they should have noticed because her dress was cut so low and there's a comment that ne- even though she was kind of generic, so that even though her dress was cut so low, nobody really noticed. Yeah, right. right. Well, it only goes to show, ha ha, how many real men any of us know. That's right. She went up the stairs, stood up on the vanity chair, tied her lame belt around the chandelier, and went out kicking at, at the, the perfumed, perfumed air. So. Bob is he's got a, a way with words. Oh, he does, for sure. Yeah, because you could just you could just yeah, picture, picture it. It's yeah, totally you could picture very this, cinematic. Yeah, this Debbie Don hang herself at the party. She goes up to the to, room. Right, she leaves the herself, party, leaves and, the party and, goes and up hangs and herself. hangs herself and yeah. went out kicking at the perfume deal. Yeah, right. Oh, it's great. It's I get a, I get goosebumps listening to her. Like I'm 16 again. They said she did it with grace. They said she did it with style. They said she did it all before she died. Oh no, I remember Diamond's smile. So uh, I don't know if this is personal experience. I, I think these are like I, I said, think you're right. No, I think uh, a fiction, just kind of a fiction thing, something you dreamed up, but you know, based maybe on a different. Yeah, couple of course, of it's it's been there, it's 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 happened. And now we go. The first song was about the heat of summer. Now we get into uh, freezing yeah, winter. Right. Yeah, the lake effect the snow. <laughs> wind chill factor <laughs> minus, minus zero. zero. And this song, it's very starts out very ominous. It does. Yeah, it's, uh, it's almost like a sci-fi Terminator movie theme. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And yeah. then all of a sudden the drums come so it's in. Got can- it's the drums. It's got like a very 80s, early 80s, or late 70s sort of gated drums with that bu- with a bum, bum, bum. Yes. And you go, wow, this has got a, definitely has an ominous feel. So this is like, this is sort of like the cold. It, it's about being in the cold, but it's also the cold isolation yeah. of living oh, yeah, in, for sure. in a big city. Like, yeah, right? sure. Like living totally. in a big city and feeling. Yep. And this is where the, the art of servicing comes up. This song because they're yes. like, uh, yes, and uh, some of the lines in here it says, You know, when winter comes to visit these big cities <laughs> and the wind starts howling through the elevator shafts, well, our love is like one of those older, colder buildings. My concrete's cracked and I begin to feel the draft. Yeah, <laughs> I hobble to my corner and view the situation, and we'll settle finally for some form of A deep, deep freeze, freeze hibernation. Uh, and then the chorus, uh, wind chill factor minus zero, the chorus is sung very uh, emphatically, emphatically, and then there's these background vocals that they go, and they're perfectly done where you, it's yeah, just, it's uh, it's, and I, that's uh, the drummer, right? So, yeah, yeah, he's got that uh, high voice, and uh, yeah, and you're right, it's very sci-fi sounding. Very, uh, very creepy. Yeah. This is just a really good creepy song. song and this it's was done the song very that well. when I, I remember, I, I must have owned this record. Um, yeah, because this is not something that would have ever gotten played on the radio. No, right? but I did, I, and immediately remember. Oh, Winchell Factor, I remember this song. Oh, nice. And uh, um, 
the art of surfacing is all but dead, but I keep coming up with enough with time enough to breathe. I take what I need when it's a uh, wind chill factor minus zero. And uh, yeah, I don't think it's that cold in England either. So I still think this is about America, but he sees transition from the he summer been in heat. Uh, Chicago yeah, or that's something. A, of course, it's got to be Chicago, right? <laughs> right? You know, or somewhere, you know, or Des Moines, Iowa City. <laughs> Probably Chicago. All right. All right, so we get to song number four is Having My Picture Taken. And this is one of those slice of life America. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like much. he's uh, talking about uh, Americans taking pictures. Indeed. And, right? And it seems, I mean, you like to take pictures, Barry. You're... Yeah, I do. I'm a photographer. <laughs> I, I do that a lot. But it's It's funny. my way to avoid interacting with people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of this song. It kind of, it's basically just, it, it, it's kind of a fun song about having your picture taken, but they're a little overtones, and again, there's some uh, appreciative things in here that you think about now oh have God, a lot yeah. more oh meaning God, yeah. about he, how people are become people like... people took pictures then. Right, and it says, <laughs> I, I could be like anyone I want to be, you Yes, know? that's exactly right. And, and it's like... Uh, um, We'll, um, I can choose each day who I want to be. That's it. You right. can choose each day who you want to see. We'll scan the crowd and pan the rounds of all those distant scenes. Immortalize a slice of time. Hey, don't mind me. I'm having my picture taken. And he's um, also um, flash, another instant in an instamatic. Right. Click, another reflex. Set an automatic. Snap, another moment of the life dramatic. You really should have been there. It was, it was so, so fantastic. And so it's like, that's, that's Instagram now. Yeah, you really is. should have been it there. Is. It's people so, so fantastic. Take these pictures and they they're think doing, everyone's having a fabulous time and they're all really miserable. Or they're they're not in the moment because they're, they're busy taking a picture. Which is the perfect shot. I try and, I try and balance that. You, you got it. You have to balance. You can't be... Yeah, that's true. I don't, you know, if like a band's playing, I want to enjoy the band. I don't yeah. want to get in front of everybody. I'm, I hate that. You don't want to dance. Photographers suck. You don't want to dance and flow your arms in front of the band the entire night, Barry? You don't want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> like Man, someone I don't else? Even know, yeah. <laughs> Whoever are you talking about? One of our local characters, I imagine. <laughs> someone told me, they go, I can't Why believe you, you mentioned. Why did you a song about Someone it, said, yeah. I can't believe you mentioned Dancing Renee on the podcast. <laughs> well... <laughs> It you know it happens. Um, what episode was that? <laughs> I don't remember. It's been about four episodes, <laughs> yeah, ago. Four episodes ago. Yeah, but we mentioned him again, so here we go. Here we go. <laughs> maybe as a maybe so basically for, to get mentioned on the podcast, you have to pay us money or do something so unbelievably fucking annoying <laughs> that both of us would would find it um, a worthy of comment. I think we could work. Maybe we'll make it a. a, a, a a Patreon prize like for seven dollars <laughs> patrons will send you like a little video of dancing uh, Renee. For those who don't know, maybe uh, that might be all right. We'll look at that. Yeah, we'll look at there that. you go. We'll that's gonna that. be that's gonna draw the sponsor. All right, yeah. I think we're uh, we're just about halfway sure, through, yeah. so let's take a little uh, a little breaksy here. We're gonna uh, refresh Break our, our drinks. drinks. How, what do you think of the cocktail? It's delicious. I think I, I think right? I, yeah, I think I'm a it's a one cocktail night. Ah, uh, okay. Well, that's I just got over being sick, so I mean, yeah, I think we we'll just. Add a little more orange juice. All right, to we'll be back in a minute with that record got me high. That record got me high is proud to be sponsored by Is This Tomorrow. That's Is This Tomorrow, available at isthistomorrow.com. Is This Tomorrow is a weekly web comic cataloging the absurdities taking place at the Azoro News Channel. Characters such as George Kleenex, weatherman Benjamin Dover, man on the scene J.B. Horns, political commentator Taffy Tart, radio personality Travis Slaughter, conspiracy theory expert J. Elwood Compton III, paranormalist Murph Davies, Senator Stroller, political apologist Dr. Iggy, Christian ventriloquist Fred Gastro, and his puppet Woody, and the strangely familiar stocky bear in his smelly, itchy costume will entertain the ever-living shit out of you so that you are doubled up with laughter, collapsed beneath your desk, paralyzed, unable to move. You will be slain comically, but you'll recover 
That's isthistomorrow at isthistomorrow.com. Off we go. Now that we've finished <clears throat> eating oh cookies and trashing our friends got, off mic. I, I brought into the That Record Got Me High Brian Franklin studio. I brought in Oreo, limited edition Oreos with the most mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, and it says on the, the most cream ever. And they do. Thank God it's limited edition. Because there's uh, a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, me and Barry just had about 12 of them. And, we had uh, a lot of them. So we're going to be sugared up for the second half Which of... Which uh, liquored up, sugared up. ...of the Boomtown Rats, the fine art of surfacing. We're at uh, song number five, which is actually the last song on side one, and it is Sleep. It is a song written uh, by Johnny Fingers. I love, love, love this I song. I love this song. This is my favorite song on the record. It's so, it, it's so different, and it, I feel like it perfectly captures the, the beautifully weird... The horrible feeling of yeah. insomnia, oh, not yeah. being able oh, to sleep. Totally. Yes, exactly. Which is the idea of the song, right? That's it, what it, it is. is. Um, and it's the most new wave song on the on. The, it's got the most new wave flourishes. Yeah, of yeah, any yeah. song on the record. Right. It's got uh, the background vocals. It's got uh, weird synthesizers. It's got. Um, yeah, I'm falling on my feet. Exactly. Um, this but, poor guy is trying everything to go to sleep. He is. And he finally is pondering uh, maybe taking drug pharmaceuticals. Yes. And he says, if I take enough of these red things, get some permanent sleep. Blue things. Yeah, permanent. What sleep. lullabies would you sing? White things for me. Yes. <laughs> Close my eyes and go to sleep. It's not as easy as it seems. I'm jumping fences. Counting sheep, I'm fencing. I'm fencing jumpsuits in my sleep. I'm counting fencing. I can't think. So he has a problem trying to get some. Sleep. Yeah, and I feel like the the way the piano sounds and the keyboards, yeah. it sounds like it. Like maybe he wrote this while it's he was agitated. up in the middle yeah. of the night. And yeah, and it's sleep. got some great. There's this one bit where the guitar plays these really interesting chords over. Um, in an unexpected way over the background then you're like wow yeah that's really really cool so if i was if i was going to pick now a song to let's say okay you you, you know one of these songs off the record that you're going to add to your permanent collection right aside it, it from be, i don't like mondays because you know everyone's going to uh, have that song right. already uh, listen to sleep, sleep. fingers yeah. lullaby is fantastic fingers lullaby that's right all right, so that is, and then after this, there's a there's a hidden track. Did you hear the hidden track? And I remember this from the record because um, it was actually it was cool. It it, it was in the run out groove of right. the record. Yeah, yeah. So it would actually continue with this, uh, mm, and it's saying that's not funny. I'd stop <laughs> laughing. And there's someone laughing in the background. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's on the. Um, it's an extra track on the the expanded version of right, the CD. Right. But in the original record, it was the run out of side one. And it's it a creepy this, and yeah. it's very creepy. Yeah. Which right? If it was, if it was in a. Was it one of those ones that was an endless loop? So yes, you picked it yeah, up? that's yeah, what so it was. It would yeah. drive you nuts. It yes. would drive you nuts, and it was great. Uh, I loved it. Uh, all right, so we get to side two of the record, and this is the aforementioned I Don't Like Monday. What are you going to say, man? The this silicone chip inside her head gets switched <laughs> to overload. All right, for the, anyone who doesn't know, this song is about uh, Brenda Spencer, who is a 16-year-old San Diego high school student. Uh, who lived who live across, with her? Uh, live with her dad. Live with her dad across the street from an elementary school, and on Monday, uh, and she had had some problems, but been diagnosed with some issues. Oh, of course, before. of course, right? Yeah, yeah. But her dad thought it was what? It, what was it? A great idea for him to get for her for her 16th birthday? A gun? <laughs> yeah, he bought her a sniper rifle. <laughs> That's right, it was her gun. It was her gun, yes. Oh. All right, so on Monday, January 29th, 1979, she opened she opened fire on the school with a rifle, killing two adults, including the principal, and injuring nine kids before going back home. Uh, the yeah, police, she just went back home. Yeah, the police surrounded her home, waited seven hours until she gave herself up. In that time, she spoke with a reporter on the phone while she was home, and then when, the she was, yeah, when she was asked why she did it, she replied, I just started shooting, that's it. I just did it for for the fun of it. I just don't like Mondays. I just did it because it's a way to cheer the day up. Nobody likes Mondays. So basically, she's she a psychopath. She's still in prison. She is. She's right? been up for parole a few times, but they're just oh, like, yeah, no, no, no. No, she's 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 she was she had she was broken before. It's not like she snapped. 
there was, if you read about her, it's a sad story. Obviously, because right. there were all these signs. And, yeah, uh, of course. And dad was and, uh, clueless. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's terrible. All right, so Bob Geldof literally said he saw this story coming over the uh, telex machine. He yeah. was at a, he was at a college uh, doing a, like a, a radio interview at a radio station at Georgia State University, and he saw the telex. So in the song when he says yeah. the uh, telex machine, he's talking about he actually saw the story yeah. on the it, telex it, it was cl- yeah, it came. It was during a time when. Uh, it would. It, there was like the telex machine was like a typewriter with a ribbon for like a roll feed, and the stories would come clattering out. The telex machine is kept so clean, and it types to a waiting world. And mother feels so shocked. Father's world is rocked, and their thoughts turn to their own little girl. Sweet sixteen, ain't that peachy keen? Now that ain't no neat to admit. Ain't so neat to admit defeat. They can see no reasons, because there are no reasons. What reasons do you need? Oh, 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 whoa, whoa. Tell me why and why. And this I, is a story I, I, that... I don't like Mondays. I don't like Monday. But it's a story repeated again and again. And Today. Again. And like you said earlier, today. this song was a number one hit in... 32 different countries Except Except the United States That's right Why did it flop in the United States? Because it was too close to home It was too close to home, yeah Sebring, Florida today Just and, uh, and shout the, out to Sebring, Florida And her family uh, tried to unsuccessfully prevent the single from being released in the United <laughs> States So it was, but it ended up being a flop anyway Right we're gonna make money off of it. What the fuck are you talking about? We're gonna, of course, we're gonna release it. It doesn't say her name. Right. <laughs> now, aside from all this, it is. It's just a magnificent sounding song. It, it is. Originally, it was a reggae song. He wrote it as a <laughs> reggae song, and yeah. then they did a studio demo. He just did with him and Johnny Fingers. And once they heard the demo, they said, "Oh, oh no, this no, is how this we're gonna is, do yeah. it." Mm-hmm. And they added. There's some strings on there mm-hmm. and some timpani drums, yep. and it's just very. It's just so effective. It's a so gr- it's a great single. It's a it's a it great single. single. Um, and all the playing stopped in the playground now. She wants to play with the toys a while, and school's out early, and soon soon we'll be learning. And the lesson today is how, how to, to die. die. And then the bullhorn crackles, and the captain tackles with the problems of the hows and whys, and he can see no reasons, because there are no reasons. What reason do you need to die? Die. Oh, oh, oh. And you know, that's still true today because people, we keep wanting to look, why did they do this reason? But it's like, fuck the reason. Just don't give them access to these guns in the first place. Oh, my God. All right. I just want to say also, uh, 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 Tori Amos covered this song on her album, uh, Stranger. She's got a really cool album called uh, Strange Little Girl, where it's her doing covers of songs all written by men and her doing covers Ah, of them. Ah, very cool. And it's got the Strange Little Girl by the Stranglers she does, and she does this. Oh, yeah. That's a great song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but that is not the most famous cover of it. The most famous cover of this song, well, well, to me, in my own mind, was done by me at my high school talent show. Oh, my God. Yeah. When I convinced John Gray, I thought you were going to say Manson from prison. <laughs> no, no, no. I convinced I convinced this uh, a friend, like a, not a friend, but an acquaintance of mine, John Gray, who I knew was like a really good piano player. I convinced him to learn the song, and we did it uh, at my high school right. thing. And I and I sang "I Don't Like Mondays" uh, because I was so into this record. You must have been a yeah. Okay. It was dramatic. Chronologically, that was you were a senior, I think. I probably was. Yeah, yeah, I think I was a senior. That's very good, Barry. Very good. You got it. Good with the math. All right. So we get to song number seven after We're that. We're going to have to take another break so I can eat some more of these. Uh, <laughs> no, that's your Oreo. Reward. That's going to be your reward for the end he's staring at. Most cream ever <laughs> cookies. He's moving the cookies away from Hey, me. maybe Oreos could sponsor sponsor our podcast because we do eat a lot of Oreos. Now and we feature, talk about them a lot. Rob Elba and the Cookie Monster. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we get Nabisco, the come on, give us a call. <laughs> Song number seven Waiting is for your call. Nothing happened today, and this is another fr- frothy little tune. Yep, I think, and then this is about the difference between actually experiencing something or just hearing about it secondhand. Right? <laughs> yeah, or it's like, and just being and just being, um, it's boredom. Yeah, turn on the TV, turn it's on the really, radio. It's real, yeah. But it's really, bo- it's not just, it's just I'll do some washing, I might go shopping, I'm going, I'm going downtown. downtown. But it's like someone told Don't, me nothing, nothing happened today. Nothing happened today. And, but, but he means nothing like, the funny thing about it is when we think of nothing, we think of it as 
an absence. He means this person that says to him, nothing happened today. Like nothing of any importance. It's not only that, it's that nothing was a, it's as if nothing was an actual event. Yeah. And like what <laughs> happened today? Forward. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. It was like we had a poster, what happened today? And with the date on it, it said nothing. Nothing. Like that- tomorrow will be nothing is different because nothing <laughs> not, happened yesterday. Nothing happened today. <laughs> Harry Hooper living in number oh, 10. Oh, well, this is great. It, it, yeah. It's like a Monty Python sketch in the middle of it, right? Totally. Yes. It looks very natural. <laughs> Not his toupee. Bought a toupee and glued it to his head. It looks very natural, everybody said. Ugh. Then his wife said, toupee. Isn't that a French <laughs> word? And Harry said, ole. She said, that's a Spanish word. And he said, okay, can't tell, can't the, tell difference the difference these, these days. days. By the way, if anyone ever sees me with a toupee, that is the my clue to you. <laughs> That it's okay. I want you to kill me just without. Okay. Just go for it. Hit me a in the with a hammer. And a mustache with the Oreo, the most stuff all in your mustache. A, a mustache <laughs> colored with uh, black shoe polish, which was a waiter in Hollywood at a restaurant we knew had that. All right, Barry, I have your permission to get uh, to borrow uh, that girl's gun and. Uh, <laughs> Or a hammer, just like one, just like one good couple of good smacks with a hammer right on top of the toupee. That's my clue. So that's my signal. That. I couldn't do that. That's my canary in a coal mine. Is that, <laughs> is that a toupee? <laughs> it looks very natural. I watched TV because I wanted to see the late news at ten. It came on, and then she shuffled her papers. She, she swiveled, swiveled in her chair. So this is she the, looked, the newscaster. <laughs> she looked, and she said. The weather was fair, and then it turned cold. It started to rain, pouring with rain. Some people died, and some people were born. <laughs> and some stayed the same. And some went some insane. Some went insane. <laughs> Tomorrow's Wednesday. Today was Tuesday, and this is the day, March 28th. It was the morning, then afternoon, and then the, and night, then came. the night came. So nothing like this Nothing happened today. He, he, he got it... Um, he got it down. He I know that. Down. Fe- I know that feeling. That day. Right? Like, what happened yesterday? <sighs> oh, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Yes. Oh, what did you have for dinner uh, on um, Friday night? Oh, <sighs> uh, yeah, uh, had something. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, so we got song number eight. This song was written. Most of these songs, I will say, if we didn't mention it, or were just written by uh, Geldof, except yeah. for a couple. But this one was written by Geldof and uh, the rhythm guitar player Jerry Cott. And this is Keep It Up, and it's an extremely well-written, a very colorful tune, but a, basically a, a, just a, a double entendre, yeah, totally. a dirty joke, yeah, right? Totally right, yes. It's about keeping it about, up. That's about, all it is. Yeah, about erections and being Yeah, able. yeah. But it's very poetic, like, oh, in her two-pound coat, she really thinks she's cloaked in mystery. She's acting like some character from Agatha Christie. I got a pain in my shoes, and all I want to do is dance. (laughs) I I, I can remember those carefully sharpened eyeballs sparkling like bloodshot diamonds in the snowfall. She always said she thinks she knows where things are roughly at. Well, maybe she does, but then she says, can Um, you keep it up? Can you keep it up? Or does it let you down? I... I heard it let you down. Sometimes. Yes. <laughs> so it's yes. just like a, yeah, it's just like a double entendre, dirty joke. Uh, but the song, but it's a good song. It's very, it's catchy and it's got that, um, it's got that, uh, that synth, that like horn sounding synth in it. That, yep. that carries the, uh, the melody. Yep. I'm sure John Mahoney would be able to tell us exactly what, what, the, what brand of synth that is. It, exactly. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, so it's a nice little song, but I, uh, you know, I see what you're saying now. When I go through it, I see, all right, this is a really good record, but yeah, I see what you say. That there's filler, are there songs that are just... Or, yeah, maybe, yeah, filler. I guess I would say this could be kind of a construed as a filler song. It is. Uh, but the next song, and also the, the next song, kind of like that, although this song, Nice and Neat, I will tell you the lyrics, to me, really make it, because it's kind of an existential angst song. But put in a very poppy, just like a light poppy sounding song. But the words themselves. Well, yeah, they're, 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 there's one. Um, there's a line in here that um, we take a recipe for religion and bring it to the theological yeah. kitchen, mix it up and make to make our own concoction. Believed in God, but, you but, you'd, but you'd shake a fist, fist at, at him. him. Yeah, so it's how people invented this, you know, religion. These these uh, mythological creatures that we. Um, believe exist on some 
astral plane. But it's okay if you believe you can you believe what you want to believe. Yeah, it's fine. No, I'm, I'm not. But I will say this song. I, I'm just saying that they were created there. <laughs> there's another high school. There've been a lot of them. There's you look another, back through history. There've been a lot of different ones. There have. There's for sure. There, there. I have another uh, high school connection with this song because I used this song, the lyrics in this song, for an English class assignment where we had to bring in like the lyrics to a rock song because the teacher was trying to like bring in a rock song that lyrics you like and then analyze it for me. So I brought this song and I remember my teacher read them and then he, all he said was. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. We're not going <laughs> to talk about tell, these. Yeah, you could yeah. tell he really didn't like it at yeah. all. Yeah, we're not going to talk about these because um, it talks about. He said, "Hey, Big G, you said there's my problem. I'm not so sure about what's true." He said, "I'll let you in on my big secret, Ray. The final, final truth, truth is, is there is no truth." Right. And na 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 na, bops you up. Yeah, he didn't like. I think this teacher was a Catholic. So the part he says, um, "Now a, a clerical collar chokes at your convictions. <laughs> you strangle slowly for the old addiction. It's heaven's army, and you're so professional. But listen closely Hopefully to this closed confession. confession. So yeah, he wasn't having any. Yeah, he he, he lets you off easy." Um, he let me off easy. Yeah, I don't remember the grade. I went I to a uh, a um, independent Baptist junior high school after having some trouble <laughs> at public junior high. Really? School. Oh, I didn't yeah, know this. Eighth and uh, seventh and eighth grade. Well, that sounds horrible. It was an interesting uh, experience in that um, I did get learn that there are people that believe things that would shock, you know. There was a guy at the school, one of the teachers. It's story time. I'll have some story time music for this part. One of the teachers actually had been um, credibly, he'd, he had told children over the years that Santa Claus, actually Santa was actually just, it was Satan misspelled. So, And what? these were kids. Yeah. So that Santa Claus was Satan. And he was, you know, he's gainfully employed at the school for many years. I remember the, uh, dead the preacher, Ronald Lamp. Getting up in front of, we used to have to go to church service every day, as I recall. And one of the services that stuck in my mind, not, there were very few memorable moments of the church services, but one of them was Reynolds Lemp saying that, my, I believe that, you know, it says in the Bible that no one shall know the time of my coming, my return. But <clears throat> I believe the Lord's going to return in 1982. So I... This was 1978, so uh, okay. well, <clears throat> 1982 came to an end, and I was... Uh, Were you shocked? <laughs> <laughs> I was not shocked, frankly, um, but... Um, I'm sure that Randall Lamp went on for many years at that. Well, we're not to be just to be clear. We're not mocking people of faith, although maybe this, specifically these people that he's yeah, talking this about. Yeah, this song is mocking people of faith. <laughs> the guy that's the, and, and the guy that was comparing Santa to Satan. We're mocking. <laughs> yeah, <people of> faith. <laughs> yeah. Teaching middle school in Winter Garden, Florida. Yeah. Oh God. All right, so we get to the final song on this record is "When the Night Comes," and this is a this is I like this is a very Springsteen esque song because it's a it's kind of a sad song about this like office throne named Frankie yep. and about him like it's it's kind of like a, a bittersweet little tale of him like working yep. in his office yep. and dreaming of when the night comes he could just forget about the horrible days had. And again, office. it's it's. It's Geldof as a novelist or as a writer of yeah, short not fiction. As a, yeah, 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 yeah. You don't definitely. get the feeling these these, these are, are little stories. Yeah, yeah exactly. little fictional stories. Definitely. Uh, this song has some nice uh, acoustic guitar, like yeah. But Bob Geldof just all right. So, but it's cool. The uh, uh, very poetic though. The offices are emptying their pale-faced wards into the street, mm -hmm. flickering their strip light eyes, shivering. They readjust their lives from the air-conditioned heat. Mm -hmm. The humdrum and mundane is nearly driving them insane. But you get hooked so quick to anything, even your chains. Yeah. You're crouching in your corner till they open up your cage. Yeah. But when the night comes, it'll help you disappear. When the night comes, forget about the day that brought you here. Frankie takes the train and makes it home in time to catch the evening news. Opening a can of beans. This is how you know it. This it's bread is great. Yes. It's England, yeah. Opening, Opening a can, a can of, beans. of beans. He learns the world has turned without much help from him. Hey, Frank, why not get drunk tonight? Hey, Frank, I think it'll be all right. You'll be too far gone to notice when the neighbors start complaining, but they're used to it by now because every day is the, the same. same. Here we so, go again. Yeah, that, that, that Bob has definitely monotony. noticed. Yeah, he's definitely he's hung up on tuned the, in on the. Um, yeah. He definitely has noticed that there's a humdrum, a sort of menacing humdrum aspect 
mechanical aspect yes the way people go about their lives right and when the night comes he might get on the phone she's a stuck-up bitch but she lives on her own and he heard her talking dirty to the girls the other day and she knew that he had hurt her and she looked as if to say and then later up in marketing while going through the files (laughs) so this is the 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 girl in market in the marketing department (laughs) she bent a little too far down then turned around and smiled he got her number he got the phone he dialed the number. He heard the tone. He said, tonight's the night that I've been waiting for. Oh, I know you've seen me worship you from afar. And I might tell you that I love you. And I will, but, but just, just for tonight. tonight. This is like, this is paradise by the dashboard light. Very much so. You know, right? and yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's great. But it's still, it's a great, it's it's a great little ditty. It is. And, uh, and, and the end, and then it gets kind of sad at the end. At the end, he said, uh, yeah. uh, in his three-piece cunning camouflage, nobody can guess what Frankie's thinking. Last night she said, "I don't know." Now this song, know. wait, this song is very, very, very Springsteen. Oh yeah, it is because it's, it's a little. It's, it's a, a totally whole Springsteen story, yeah. and the A Street Band song. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. Which, by the way, the record before this, "Tonic for the Truth," that song. Rat Trap yeah. is a total Springsteen song. It's got yeah. the big sax yeah. and everything. And yeah. there's another song on that record called Joey's on the Street Again, which is even more of a <laughs> yeah. Springsteen song. There's a, there's a big Springsteen fixation. So he the... said, yeah. So at the end of this, he says, can you guess what Frankie's thinking? Last night she <laughs> said, I don't know if I'm drowning. Maybe it's because I'm sinking. Mm. He said, this is total Springsteen. You're right. He said, it'll be okay. I'll get out of here one day. And she said, Frankie, you're no different from any of the rest. They've nailed you to your table and chained you to your yeah. desk. But when the night comes. Yeah, we were born yeah. to run. <laughs> That's, it's very, very Springsteen. And when you hear it, you'll never unhear it. You're like, oh my God, it's the boss. And yeah, it, it's cool who though. Knew? Yeah, but yeah, it's not punk rock at all. It's it's or it's this is very it's like a well there's something really funny which I don't think you know but I have to I, I almost didn't want to tell you because you gave me so much shit on the um my on chemical the, romance on the my chemical romance after, uh, episode this with, is not with like the poncho no no but wait you don't know there's you could find video a couple of times. Bon Jovi and it's on on a Bon Jovi live album. They cover "I Don't Like Mondays" <laughs> and Bob Geldof came on stage and sang oh, it with them. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna bon get th- I'm gonna get this out of the way. There's your New Jersey connection. Now, I, I agree. I do not hate Bon Jovi, no, which is no right. I, they're one of those bands where they get sort of lumped in. They're you know I, I, we're not gonna do a Bon Jovi record. No, no, but. Right. But if they're it not at like the, Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's not, <laughs> not at all. There's, well, a, yeah. they're just like they're kind of like they took like a sort of a Springsteen idea, added a little hair metal, and exactly, exactly. <laughs> and there, there you go. You know, yeah. And, I'm sure, and John, I'm sure he's a really good guy, though. Yeah, he's sure. probably a really good. Guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it, that's I okay. You would appreciate yeah, that, I, I think that's fine. <laughs> um, but this is this album is more. Classic rock than it is punk rock. Oh, totally! It totally. There's is new wave. There's a new wave um, sheen. Def- there's it, a new wave little sheen on top is, of it yes. all, right? Yeah, but the influences underneath are def- there's a thin Lizzy, and once you hear the thin Lizzy thing, you'd be like, oh, there's this galloping yep. kind of thing yep. that goes on, and you're like, that's Phil Lina, that's Thin Lizzy, and, uh, and they were pals. They were another Irish band, and they were all buddies. <laughs> that's what I figured. They were. Yeah, 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 they exactly. were buddies. They were. And the attractions, the organ. When you hear the organ, you're going to be like, oh, that's you know, Steve. Yeah. Naive, um, but it's it's a it's a really good record. Really good record. It's just it's just not in a it's not in the um, uh, who sell out category. A classic, perhaps not. But to me, for a certain time when I was yeah, in yeah, 1979, sure. 1980, when I was a I, young lad, yeah, it, really, it grabbed me for a while. It, it that's really right, did, which it, is great. It, yep. It got me high. It did. All so right. where are we going? Where are we getting high next week? All right. So next week we have a band that uh, maybe people, if you didn't, if you weren't around in the '90s or the early 2000s in the Southeast, you may not have heard of a band called Load. But there is a, a documentary on this great South Florida, the great Miami band called Load. Uh, that is premiering. a labor of love. Yeah, labor of love by these two brothers who never got to see the band live. They heard about them way after the fact, after after the lead singer Bobby Lowe Johnson had uh, already passed away. Um, but they made this documentary, and it's premiering February 1st and February 2nd at the Sabor Cinema, uh, formerly Cinema Paradiso in Fort Lauderdale. So next week, Wednesday. Uh, January 30th, we are going to have a special live at Laser Wolf. We're going to be talking to one of the filmmakers, uh, Tarek Ahmed, and we're going to be talking about the Load Record uh, Drunken Warrior Chief, and we're going to be talking about records from there. We're going to be talking about other local bands. And you know, you know, I was thinking, Barry, I'm surprised you lived, you were up in like Tallahassee, you up in, 
you never got to see them because yeah, they used to tour I, a lot. Yeah, I was. I was in Athens from 92 to 97. Oh, right. So they probably made it as far as Atlanta. And they then, probably didn't do Athens. Yeah, no. I wouldn't see them going over. Probably there. not. Yeah. But you have a load connection as well because you had uh, a, a band with... Uh, drummer, Fausto Figueredo. Me and him had uh, Shark Valley Sisters for, for about years. five years. And yeah. uh, he's a great guy. And I'm sure he will be there running around in the background sure next will. week. But he, he will not be given a mic <laughs> because... Uh, yeah, we'll get by. Well, uh, you know what? <laughs> Your problem is you give him a mic. You, you got to get the mic away from him, Barry. That's yeah, the problem. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, you have control. Well, over yeah, yeah, we'll just turn the turn the volume down. All right, but that's next week uh, at Laser Wolf, uh, January thirtieth. If you're if you're in the neighborhood, come out. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about load. We're going to be talking about local music in general, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I guess that's it. That is Barry Stock once again. That's Rob Belba. Let's uh, thank our. Uh, Sponsor. Our long-suffering sponsor uh, is thisTomorrow.com. <laughs> Who bought us a new mixer because I fucked up the old one by spilling my alcoholic beverage true, on it. But it'll never happen again. We're going to get um, a sippy cup. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that record got me ice sippy cups. And uh, thanks again. Don't forget to check out our uh, Patreon, patreon.com, TRGMH. Go to our website, thatrecordgotmehigh.com, and uh, share it, like Barry said. Share it. Right. If friends. you do like this, share this on your social media. Yeah, do it. Do it. And uh, we would appreciate it. All right, so we'll see you guys next week. We're that out. Got me high. We're out. Got me high.